you're not pushing the envelope if you're not failing. Continue to learn and challenge yourself and adapt. Welcome back to the fourth episode of Sean's Journey to Value Creation, where we are today here at Woodrow. So speaking about the last couple episodes, innovation and kind of where we saw both with your experience, Woodrow's experience going up to the transition, the transitionary experience, the first 18 months, the future is bright. We're pretty excited. And realistically, as a client, I want my vendors always thinking about what's next. How can they improve my process? So in all the different niches and industries you serve, what are some of those major topics that you guys are looking at getting into? Yeah. No, super, super question. So <clears throat> if we just uh, look at it, uh, a couple of industries for a second, because it's a little different in each one. Mm -hmm. um, but in general, one of the general themes is what you just said correctly, like is working closer to the customer, right? Mm -hmm. To help them get ahead of the curve, right? Whether it's material science, um, whether it's branding, right? Mm -hmm. Graphics, colors. We work with them really well to help them understand. Um, sorry, there's another one of performance, right? Mm -hmm. The environment. Is it heat? Is it need abrasion, right? Mm -hmm. um, et cetera. So um, getting us involved early on in their PD process, right? Et cetera, product development, um, allows us to help them solve the problem better. Right, so we we are known to have that expertise, right? Over uh, more than two decades, because we've been in the, with these uh, prime uh, marquee customers for so long, we're known to have that expertise. We just haven't really flexed our muscles in the past, mm -hmm. right? To go talk to other customers about it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, for example, <clears throat> in the medical space, right? We are in every sterilization and every hospital that has sterilization equipment because we're with the largest vendor steris that provides us in the country and in, 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 in many parts globally, right? Mm -hmm. So you cannot sterilize their tools without Woodrow. Wow. Right? It's powerful, right? And so for us, um, now we're working with Steris uh, to help them with other parts of their business, right? Where we frankly um, haven't participated um, and we just haven't had a dialogue with them, right? Because we bring that expertise, it's easier for us to have that discussion with them. Um, and so uh, they have warming ovens, things like that, right, which are very similar to what we do in the food equipment industry, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so we're working with them on all these areas, OR, in the OR, uh, theater, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, similarly, um, when we get into um, the food equipment space, right, it's an abrasive oil environment, right? We're in every f uh, national food chain, especially Chick-fil-A, right, um, McDonald's, right? I mean, everything you can think of, we're there. In the back, right, in the in the fryers and et cetera, um, but we haven't really tapped that expertise mm -hmm. to go into similar environments, right, mm. in the industrial space, right, sure. um, in the uh, energy space, right, and so we're now sort of m making that. Uh, uh, taking that approach, right. So to dig in a little bit more, you're, the the thesis you have is okay. Hot grease from a frying pan is very similar to hot metals or whatever right. that looks like in the different areas as yep. well. Nice. Are you testing that? We're starting. We're we're compiling. So one of the things that we didn't have, Woodrow traditionally has not done, is has been you know uh, business development, new mm -hmm. business, right? Mm -hmm. So creating that whole uh, pipeline, right, um, for lead generation, for for going and target and talking to customers. That's what we've put together now. We're going after it, right? Nice. So we're going to test those theses and hypotheses there, right? But we believe they we believe they translate. 
mm-hmm. quite well because the conditions are similar, right? Right. Yeah. Hot, hot liquid is hot liquid, right? Doesn't All matter right. if it's bacon grease or if it's going to be something from a foundry. All right. Now, let me give you another one. So um, we do a lot in the um, aerospace industry, sure. And um, you know we're we're well regarded there, right? We're strong two decade experience with Honeywell in the cockpit, right, with controls, um, but also with in general with lighting. Um, and so if you think about lighting as an overall um, piece in the transportation industry, right? We haven't touched buses, we haven't touched trains, we haven't touched the auto industry yet, right? So we are now you know, leveraging that knowledge base and skill set, right? To extend into these other verticals. So, in terms of the the equipment you use, your processes, does anything change between those industries? Are you going to have to rework what's internally happening, or do you think it's mostly just an exposure to those customer bases? No, I think it's an exposure to customer base. We have the equipment. We may have to adjust materials, right, a little bit. We may have to adjust the graphics, the colors, the inks. There's some technology behind it, and from the material science standpoint mm-hmm. and the processing, right. We have the right equipment. Plus, we've invested in other digital equipment that will allow us to to um, participate in those value chains. Mm-hmm. So we're not at all concerned about not having the ability to do so. Hmm. Nice. That's very interesting. And then moving forward, past that, is there any other industries that, that are, are exciting? I mean, you, you mentioned aerospace, which is, I mean, as long as we continue going in the direction we're going, is going to be a very big play the next decade. So is there anything else that you're focused on right now? Yeah. Uh, for us, um, the other, uh, I would say the listen, medical aerospace are critical, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're already there as good players. Um, uh, we do stu- we do a lot in the d- in the data control sp- space, mm-hmm. right? We um, we're in data centers already, and so we don't see that. We don't think about where they are, mm-hmm. um, but data centers are what's required to drive uh, in the global economy. Now, if you think about it, right? Data is a new currency. It is a new currency. And so we play really strongly in those areas and any any control panels. So what we like to say is anywhere where there's a user, so I'm going to get geeky on you, I'm right? very excited. <laughs> I'm worried for you now. <laughs> uh, we, we play wherever there's a user interface, sure. right? So wherever a customer touches um, a consumer or a customer touches um, a manufacturer's product to, uh, to utilize it, whether it's a control panel, whether it's a keypad for a microwave, right? We make that better, hmm. right? So if that doesn't perform well, the consumer or the customer has a bad impression mm-hmm. of that manufacturing brand, right? So we're oh, critical wow, in that space. Because yeah. they're not looking at you. They're not saying, oh, Woodrow messed up this label. They're thinking Whirlpool messed up this label. You got it. That's we're, very interesting. So that trust is big. The trust is big and our ability to, to then help that customer, right, mm-hmm. with that user experience, right, mm-hmm. is incredibly important, right? Mm-hmm. And we have to do a better job of, of communicating that and working with our customers on that, right? In the past, I would say Woodrow um, of the past, um, you know, didn't think of it this way, right? But when you think about it, just what you said, absolutely, right? If I have a bad experience on that keypad, it's the product. It's the entire product's bad, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Especially if it's really bad. It's only you're pressing a different part of the keyboard, right? Now it's not doing your thing. But I mean, the worst case scenario, it rubs off or it, it throws an error or whatever issues you have. So what's the best case scenario? So what what kind of technology are you looking to build? Like what's, what would be a good experience for me pushing the button on a microwave? Well, I think we're, you know, the, the material science... Um, is improving to where we need to also look at it from a sustainability standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. So in the past, there are a lot of materials out there that work well, depending on the environment. You know, again, we talk about heat, oil, mm-hmm. you know, touch, et cetera, um, embossing, et cetera, depending on what the customer wants. But we also have to start looking at the sustainability angle, right? And mm-hmm. what materials will help 
mm-hmm. our our customers, right, with their consumers. Mm-hmm. So those are all the things we're starting to play into. Hmm, that's very interesting. So is there any? How are you handling R and D then? Are you letting the customers develop that? You mentioned earlier that you kind of helping them with product design development. So how does that entire funnel work with you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, with our customers have expertise in a lot of these arenas, right? And so we work with them, right, Um, to uh, to help not only uh, us understand it better, right, but to bring our experience out of how it processes, Mm -hmm. right? Because we're the processing experts, right? They may have the material background or science knowledge, but we understand how it processes, right? And so we can help them design for manufacturability as well, right? And performance and consumer appeal. So those areas fit in. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we have graphic designers too, right? So we can do a pretty good job of designing things for you. All right. Now, the next major step is, we talked about this last episode, the bolt-on mentality. Uh, whatever assets that we're not doing well, we can either go contract, buy, or build a better process inside of the company. Are there any bolt-on companies or ideas or innovations you're looking at using to invest inside of Woodrow? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I've mentioned in the past we've earned the right to grow, so we're pushing organic, we're reinvesting for that. But at the same time, there's certain know-how. You, you know, you do acquisitions for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's just to increase revenue, right? That's the boring one. That's the boring one. You got it. Typically, you want to do it uh, for strategic reasons, right? Either it's a backward integration play that allows you to get more into a, your customers' value chains and supply chains. Another is it helps you um, with know-how, right? Which means either technology, people, skills, right? Customer knowledge. So these are the areas we're looking at. We are looking at spaces from electronics, right? Because in the keypads, we can provide a full uh, integrated system then, right? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, To uh, injection molding, because a lot of our customers also have injection molded parts that, you know, where we put our user interfaces on. Well, you know, we're outsourcing a lot of that today, so we could backward integrate and do could that. We bring it in, bring we it in, could bring it in. And that one's kind of an interesting one because that's the area I came from, right? Right. So I kind of understand that one a little, little bit just as well. A, just a little, just a little bit. So, so there's all those arenas that we that we want to play in, right? And um, we're not going after material science per se to bring in more, not, you know, experience and expertise there. We find that there's a lot of outsourced opportunities, right? We have. Uh, a lot of universities nearby, University of Dayton, et cetera, um, that have their own pockets where we can leverage, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't want to reinvent the wheel on something like that, right? We want to le- we want to be smart about leveraging what's out there and uh, accessing it. But we do think that by bringing certain skill sets and know-how strategically in, we can uh, we can do a really good job. You can, can you bootstrap it. I, I want to add one more thing. I do think that and we touched on this in the past episodes, but our recipe for value creation, mm-hmm. right? We can replicate that. Right, we're very confident in replicating that. Right, so for us, you know, bringing in something that's complementary and then replicating it, incredibly confident. Right, not not trying. To, I don't mean to boast or be arrogant, but we've done it now. Right, we've, uh, yes. we've proven yeah, it. Yes, so we know what we can replicate. So we're very excited about that opportunity as well. So, and you've had a bunch of experience in private equity. So with your experience, do you think there's a major private equity play with this of you, us adding on different things and partnering with different organizations? How does that play into this picture? Yeah, I mean, look, um, private equity, what do they like, right? They want performance and, val- and they want EBITDA growth or cash flow growth, right? And if they can find a, um acquisition that allows them to get there faster, they will go for that, right? So we're very small. On the, we're in a lower middle market right now, right? We will fast approach. Our aspirations are not slight, right? We have fairly large aspirations and aggressive aspirations. And and will private equity be interested in us? Yes, maybe not the hundred billion dollar asset managers, but the middle market, lower middle market. However, we're not interested. 
right? We've done this to build it for growth, right? Uh, and so that's where we are. This potential multi-generation because my my son is interested in potentially coming on um, and he's in the packaging space now and he's learned a mini MBA already, right? In terms of commercial operations, finance. Um, and he's my deal guy, by the way, because that's his background. Mm -hmm. So we have a great deal of opportunity um, and... Uh, and we have great people, you know. We've got, you know, we've got uh, 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 organization people that want to grow, right? And that's what I always look for, right? If you got the passion, the desire, right, and the will, we'll teach you the skills all day long. Love it. What we always say is, you can hire hire for cultural fit, train for skills. You got it. You can't build the culture. You can't build the culture, and you can't build a desire uh, for somebody outside of your culture that's coming in. So. 10 years from now, 30 years from now, where do you see this company? Do you think it's going to be a generational play for you? Do you think a bunch of other companies are kind of bolted on, to use your terminology? Yeah. I, you know, listen, we, we've we set a plan out where in 10 years, you know, we've set the target or we want to at least be, you know, into the uh, uh, $100 million range, right, on uh, revenues. Mm -hmm. um, and we have um, significantly high EBITDA targets, right? Um, I never like to play in average EBITDAs, right? We're always going to be top quartile. Mm. Just the expectation. Just the way it is. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Right? No, it's amazing. I mean, you have to, right? Why, why, who wants to be average? So we have specific targets. Um, uh, and we, have a, we now have, as I mentioned, you know, we have a recipe, right? We have a business approach and a system that allows us to transform um, enterprises or companies into high cash flow generators, right? High performing businesses. We proved it out into an underperforming, you know, break-even business just now that was on its uh, uh, sort of last stages, right? There's no doubt we'll do it again. And again, and again, and again, and again, and again. And again, and again. And I, think the, the, I think the benefit of that, and to the question you asked, you know, the large, I've, so I've worked with many large private equity sponsors um, and asset managers, and and the benefit to, that they like when we had this conversation is that experience base, right? That mm -hmm. knowledge base. So what they look for is, you know, what's a domain expertise, right? So packaging, industrial, like medical equipment, sure, you have some knowledge there. But beyond that, what's a transformation experience, right? Can you size up for us how to drive value and create, you know, uh, increase the performance of this business, right? That's where um, I get a lot of calls. That's where it's rare. I, I, I would say, I don't want to know, I don't want to say it's rare, but I would say that is what the... Um, uh, 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 surprise and specialty is, right? That drives everything for private equity. Was that brand intentional? Or is that something that you just got to through your grit, your constant learning, and the different things we've talked about? Did you want to be that subject matter expert for how to transform a company? Yeah, no, I didn't know what that meant, right? <laughs> and so it's been through a lot of trials, tribulations, you know, failures along the way, right? But learning, you have to learn from your failures. And uh, But I've had some great people I've worked with, right, that taught me as well, right? Um, and uh, many younger than me, right? Um, and so you just have to be willing to learn, right? And mm -hmm. apply it and then um, and test it for yourself. And, uh, you know, fast fail, right? Test your hypotheses, doesn't work, modify it. You Keep know, going. that's the only way to do it. It's very, very true. Any other closing statements about your future vision for this company or the future, the future companies we'll be looking at in the future? Yeah, look, one of the things that is a requirement for us, right? We didn't touch on this and I, and, and I want to just touch on this is... We have that, you know, perspective we talked about, 100 million, right? Mm -hmm. But we also have this um, very clear defining um, principle that we will take care of our employees, mm -hmm. right? We want to make sure 
you know, you you think about what you hear in this in this in our country, right? About retirement,、mm-hmm. right? That people don't have enough funds, right? We want to make sure we take care of our employees, right? We want to make sure we guide them down that path, and we want to make sure that they share in the gains. As a company gets better, and so we're taking steps to do so. Now, I know one of the things we've talked about in previous episodes too is this, this transformation, but still holding onto that core culture and building on that culture and being a part of a winning team. And one of the things that I definitely want to go into is how are you maintaining that tribal knowledge through all these iterations, these companies? Yeah, yeah. And so you know the 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 it's more of an art than a science necessarily, right? And so the thing is not to overwhelm people where you kill it to say you fit into this box, right? But to but to、uh, really、um, embrace it, right? So there's a lot of tribal knowledge which we embrace, right? At the same time, we ask, we challenge them to apply that tribal knowledge, right, to make it better.、Mm-hmm. And I think that that mix, right, of kind of getting it and giving people confidence to do that、um, is where the challenge is and where the opportunity lies, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.、Um, so、uh, I use I use an expression that I, I learned a long time ago, and it's really true in every company, and you, I'm Sure, it's going to resonate with you. Is there's this what I call not invented here syndrome, right? In other words, you go into a, an organization. I've been to many companies. You go into a business, and if you come in day one and try to tell them what to do no, or、no. change, yeah, you know, we don't do it here this way, right? Right. It's、yeah. not you know not here, right? Not here. Or you say, hey, company A was really good at this.、So、I'm going to bring it here. Yeah, no, that doesn't work here. That's、right? not what we do. We've done this for 35 years. You got it. Right. You got it. So, so how do you break through that? Well, again, listen, right? Form the relationships, right? Get quick wins, right? Allow them to help learn along the way, right?、Um, so that they, it becomes part of the DNA of that company.、Hmm. You've got to kind of go down that path.、Um, the other thing I'll tell you,、uh, I want to share with you this that was another kind of learning for me is you hear a lot about you know people that are really, really good. You say they're like A players in a company, right? In a company that's well structured, well processed, everything works really well, well greased, right? That person who's an A player, you put that person into a company that doesn't <laughs> have those structures and processes, right? It's a recipe for disaster. And so, what you have to understand is how do you take that person and help that person succeed? If you get a person like that, and the converse is how do you take a person who hasn't been, which is what you see with small companies, in a structured environment and help them succeed?、Mm. They're very different ballparks. Very different ballparks. It's amazing.、Very、different. And realistically. I'm just gonna throw this out there. You're you're through your reverse engineering process and and helping build that DNA structure. I mean, you're genetically engineering a company at this point because、yeah. you're not just focused on what traditional venture capitalists is focused on, which is EBITDA score and everything too. You're focused on such a organic growth model. Was that intentional? It is intentional because I'm here for long term, right? Right. I already have op- um, I already have um offers to sell. Right, that's crazy. Eighteen months in, yeah, I did offer to sell, but I, as as my comment to them was, what I just mentioned is, we're in it for the long term, right? I'm here to build something, right? I'm we're not here to just build Woodrow into where it is, right? We're here to get to that milestone that I mentioned, right? Double in three years, right? Get to hundred million in ten. So we're pushing it really fast. Yeah, and your work, it's working. It's starting to work. I think our culture, you know, can still do more, right? In terms of speed, right? Because in a culture that In a company that doesn't progress or grow, right? Complacency comes in, right?、Mm-hmm. And so, just to kind of get through that, and and、uh, you know, another engineering term, inertia, right? Change inertia from one direction to the other, right? Where we were going uphill, now we're going downhill, right? So the downhill fun is part of、uh, part is fun, 
and we're starting to go down that part. Right. That's amazing. And that's the story so many companies need to hear because you're absolutely right. That that status quo is the most dangerous thing you can have. Good is the enemy of great. Yeah. And it's just kind of figuring out what the transition looks like. Well, I'm so excited to watch you grow this thing. I think it's going to be a blast over the next 10 years to see the scale up and, of course, get your son involved. You have one more kid too, right? Yep, I have a daughter, and um, she's in strategy consulting. Okay, of course she is. So are all <laughs> all your kids just like industri- industrial brainiacs? Like that's amazing. She didn't go down that path. She has a master's in behavioral economics. Oh, okay, um, cool. From UPenn, but <sighs> she thought she would do something different, but she decided to go down this path. Nice. So where is she doing now? Uh, she works at strategy and and, and, oh, okay. uh, and marketing yeah, and consumer right. consulting. Yeah. So you think she'll ever be a, inside of your uh, global empire? Uh. If no you, promises, of course. Right? If you ask her, uh, she doesn't think that she wants to play in this space with me. Yeah, yeah. That's what she thinks now. Being a proponent of family businesses, uh, it's sometimes a good idea. Yeah. They keep them separate. But Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been awesome to, to talk to you about, about Woodrow and also your experience and, and your growth mentality. Anything else you want to mention to any of the audience or the listeners of this podcast? No, listen, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, believe in yourself. Right. Um, what we started with was, you know, um, um, adapt, right? Learn, adapt, be resilient, right? And if you don't believe in yourself, there is no one else who will take a risk on you, right? So you've, you just got to, you've just got to make sure you, you, you have that confidence, um, and you, and you take that risk. 